It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code BOOM to get $30 off your first month. That's BOOM. Talkspace.com slash BOOM. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network, a Friday morning with Sam and Sage. What could be better? I can't imagine. At Sam Ekstrom, at Sage Rosenfels, 18. Beautiful weekend on tap. Hope you got some fun plans in Omaha, Sage. I imagine there's a, there's a lot of great stuff going on around the city. Well, I will be in Minneapolis this weekend, and we both have fairly new dogs. I have a new dog uh, that he's about six... Uh, I've had him for about six, seven weeks, and he's about four and a half months old. Uh, got him up there in, in Minnesota, and you've got a new puppy, it sounds like. Yes. So night one, which was Wednesday night, angelic, just brilliant. Didn't whine, didn't have any accidents. We thought we had, we had finally found the world's perfect puppy. Night two, uh, complete opposite. It was probably six to seven interruptions uh, in, a, in an eight-hour span. Couldn't go to sleep. Kept having accidents. Was not fun to clean up. Two ends of the spectrum. Hopefully it levels out somewhere for night number three. Well, I'm uh, seven weeks in here uh, with the potty train, and uh, I've had two accidents just this morning, so it doesn't get any better for a while, it seems like. Yeah. At least I don't have the, I don't have the magic touch. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's rewarding. It's cool. Some challenges along the way for sure. Yep. 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 Um, we got some questions to get to. Hashtag Ask the Sage Show. Ask the Sage, Ask the Sam, whatever you want to call it. We got some great questions on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, for those. And we'll start with at Radio Rubin. Carson Schubert is uh, pondering a player who has the best chance for a breakout season offensively and defensively. Well, that's a you know a tough question. I mean, what do you mean breakout? I mean, Stefan Diggs is is probably their main wide receiver threat, and and so he wouldn't be breaking out. And I, I think he'll probably have the best season of any wide receiver if he stays healthy. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is your 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 tight end who has you know been doing it for a few years now. Um, so you know, is it going to be one of the running backs? Is it going to be Cook or Murray? Um, is it going Failing again, but failing last year was sort of, I would say, the breakout player. So you, you can't really break out twice in a row. So you have to go with probably one of the two running backs, um, which one of them is probably going to, you know, have eight, 800 to 1,000 yards. And I consider one of those two guys a, a breakout guy, at least for the Vikings. And then, you know, maybe one of these other wide receivers, you know, maybe, um, you know, the kid they signed yesterday, uh, Floyd, you know, maybe it's him. Um, you know, I, I tweeted yesterday about, about his signing. Um, he, he could be really important. That's one thing the Vikings are missing is that big, you know, six foot four wide receiver on the outside. And, you know, if you understand the wide receiver position, generally the smaller guys who can work in the slot and work underneath, uh, you know, guys like Diggs, they're, they're meant for the slot. 
Um, and then you've got the guys big on when, when they try to cover those guys, play single safety defense, try to double all those guys on the inside, you know, like Rudolph, like Diggs. Then you get those one-on-one matchups on the outside. And I think Michael Floyd uh, could be, you know, that type of player um, that, uh, that that gets those one-on-one matchups and, and could be really a breakout player for the Vikings this year. If he stays, you know, clean and sober and all those things that uh, we hope occurs. I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon on offense. I think he's in a contract year. I think the Vikings can finally unleash him now that they're fully committed to sort of this new running style where they're going to get guys in space. They don't have to cater to Adrian Peterson. I think McKinnon has he's dealt with injuries the past couple of years that have nagged at him and prevented him from reaching his full potential. I think McKinnon even though Cook might be the flashier name right now, I think McKinnon goes away from this season, the the big winner on offense. And on defense, I think Trey Waynes finally takes that jump. I mean, we saw it with Xavier Rhodes. Under Mike Zimmer, the progression was year to year to year. And by year three, you know, he was pretty well elite. And granted, he wasn't with Mike Zimmer his rookie year. But Waynes has been with Zimmer the whole way. And I think now year three, I think the jump is finally going to occur. And they need it to occur. I mean, that that cornerback position is not that deep. They're really going to need Waynes to step up. So that's the most important one. If Waynes steps up, that secondary is going to be tough to crack. I agree with you. I think of all the defensive players, Waynes uh, would make a lot of sense as a breakout player. Um, and the Vikings need him to be a breakout player this year. In this style of defense, you have to have two really good corners. You can't just have one. Rhodes has been exceptional uh, over the course of his career so far. And, and you know, as you said, in, th- in his third season, Wayne needs to step up and, and become a premier player for this on this Vikings defense. Another Ask the Sage question from at Joshi5000, a regular listener. I think he's tweeted us before. Thanks for the question. Uh, This is directed at you. It has to be frustrating when the O-line isn't blocking well. How do you, as a quarterback, confront them? Yeah, I saw that on Twitter yesterday. And, you know, confronting your offensive line is really not something that quarterbacks do. I mean, I think what you have to do is, is gain respect from those guys. And, and once you do that, uh, you can try to motivate them uh, and try to, you know, usually it's positive encouragement. Occasionally you can get on them, but you can do nothing without respect. And first you have to get the respect of your offensive lineman, and that's, that's toughness. That's the way you work uh, in the offseason. That's the way you lead when things aren't good. Those guys look for leadership uh, in times of peril. And sometimes that's in the weight room or that's uh, when you're running, you know, half gassers. Uh, on the practice field in June when you gain that type of respect. So uh, I, I think that's, a, uh, that's the best way to you know, whip those guys into shape and, and to get them to play hard for you or to confront them is to just, uh, just go to work and, and gain their respect. Yeah, I would imagine that if you were in the huddle just shellacking these guys and just lambasting them for their poor effort, they're probably not going to be motivated to get in front of a guy for you. I mean, you got to have guys that will lay in front of on-charging linebackers to protect the quarterback. So you, you can't be too negative, even though I'm sure the temptation is there, but you just can't stoop that low. I think it depends on the spokesman. You know, Tom Brady can can really, if his offensive line's not blocking, he can completely lay into them on Monday Night Football, and it will probably will spark those guys up. But unless you're maybe one of those, you know, six, seven, eight guys in the league who has gained, you know, that type of on-field uh, and career respect from the league and from his teammates, you know, you're one of those guys. And uh, and, and I don't think usually whipping them in the shape 
uh, whooping them into you know, playing better uh, doesn't work. It doesn't work with your kids. It doesn't work with your dog uh, you're screaming at them. Um, it doesn't work with, uh, with an offensive line either. Question from Gabby Durth at the underscore real underscore Gabby uh, makes a good observation here. Says Vikings seem to have targeted OL with run blocking over pass blocking. Is that indicative of scheme? Maybe the ball coming out quicker. So uh, according to Gabby Durth, the Vikings have been targeting guys with run blocking prowess, I should say. And they have acquired some guys on the smaller and quicker side, I have noticed. Elfline and Isadora, their two draft picks on the line, were both on the smaller, shorter side um, with more mobility. Do you think that's indicative of an effort to bolster the run game with some more mobile linemen? Well, yes, I think so. And I think that has to do with a couple of things. One, Mike Zimmer. His style of football uh, truly is the old-fashioned style. He, he does not want to throw the ball 50 times a game, even though if they need to, he will. Uh, but he prefers uh, to play really good defense, run the football, control the clock, and have more of a balanced attack. Um, and, and then secondly, offensive line coach Tony Sprano, he's a run game guy first. Uh, he, he's sort of an old-school blue-collar you know, type of offensive line coach. So uh, that run game uh, is really, really important. It's also something that really hurt the Vikings last year, being that they were, what, 31st or 32nd in the league in, in most rushing categories. So you know, they have to be uh, in at least the teens uh, to have a chance this year to make the playoffs. they got to get that run game up there, uh, put less pressure then on that passing game, put less pressure on you know, the seven-step you know, drops. Uh, you know, the better you run the football – uh, the, the less you have to not only pass protect, but the shorter time you have to pass, pass protect for because you're facing a lot of third and four, third and three situations rather than third and uh, nines or third and twelves. How crazy is it that Tony Sperano is now the longest tenured offensive position coach in his second year? He's the only only coach who's back in the same spot. Yeah, and uh, that, that's important. You know, continuity, uh, especially along the offensive line, uh, is huge. And, you know, the, the calls stay the same. You players understand the coaching style. They understand, uh, you know, what they might call from a run game perspective in, in certain situations. So, yeah, having that continuity along the offensive line is probably nearly as important as the offensive coordinator. All right. Uh, last couple of questions here, both from at So Dakota Honey. First one. Wondering if there are any veterans in peril of being let go. Can you identify any veterans who might be in some jeopardy here? Well, first, let's just say they have 11 draft picks. And when you have that many, there's a good chance that a lot of those draft picks either won't make the team or they'll be released and end up on the practice squad. Uh, I know for a fact Spielman doesn't like to give up on on you know drafted guys early. He likes to give them a chance. And, and so I bet you see some of those fifth sixth and seventh rounders and, and, and maybe fifth but definitely some sixth and seventh rounders released at the end of training camp uh and end up on the practice squad uh, i'd like to see what that count ends up being so having said that yeah there's going to be some veterans that end up being released but i don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises uh the real question is is can some of these draft picks or some of these younger guys who are you know making four or five hundred thousand dollars a year uh, are they going to be a you know a similar option to the vet, a couple of veterans who might be making two million? Uh, so from a salary sta- uh, cap standpoint, you save on a lot of cash, uh, but you're not hurt a lot as far as your action on the field. I'll throw two names out there. One, Jarius Wright, and I've always been of the opinion that the Vikings are going to use him this year. But now with the Floyd signing, you know, if Floyd comes in and shows that he can be a number three receiver or a number four receiver, even. 
that could render Jarius Wright somewhat useless. And he's a great locker room guy, and it's too bad he didn't get in the mix last year. If Floyd comes in and is the real deal, the Vikings might opt for that cheaper option. I think they can cut him at relatively low cost. I agree with you completely on the Jarius Wright move. I mean, everyone loves Jarius Wright. He's a great teammate. Uh, he's a good player. He got a nice contract extension a few years ago. And, uh, but you know, there's a lot of competition at that wide receiver position. And when it comes down to you know, the cuts at the end, you got guys like Floyd who aren't making very much money who, who you know, if you're making half as much and having similar production as, you know, as somebody else, you've got a really good chance of making a team. It's one of those weird instances where your, your, best, uh, your best bet of making a team is because you make so little money. Last question, and it's a yes or no, also from at So Dakota Honey. Yes or no, does Teddy ever play again? I think so, uh, and I'm not sure if it's going to be this year. This is going to be one of the more fascinating things that you and I talk about, uh, whether it's later this summer, um, but definitely during camp and, and during the fall, is this situation with with the PUP list and the toll uh, the possible uh, adding of another year next year to his contract sort of for free. Um, so this is going to be a, a, a situation that we're going to follow. I, I do think he's going to play again. You know, we saw that video uh, from, what was that, about two months ago at this point? Um, and it was just him doing a little five-step drop and throwing a curl route. And just seeing that video uh, has me believing that, you know, he's moving around enough uh, on that leg that whether it's this year or next year at some point, uh, he's going to be back to you know back to full speed, and he may never run like the Teddy Bridgewater uh, that we saw you know a, a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, as a quarterback, you don't need to run like that. I mean, Tom Brady tore his ACL in a real nasty way. Carson Palmer tore his. Uh, quarterbacks can tear their ACL uh, more than other players. You know, quarterbacks are more like Jeeps; they're less like you know Porsches and, and Ferraris. So you know, having a knee that's not 100%, you know, the Jeep keeps going, but the Ferrari. Uh, they struggle to get down the street. So uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater plays again. Yeah, I do too. I think it's upwards of 80% that he plays again in the NFL. I would say playing with the Vikings again, probably more like 50-50 just because we, if Sam Bradford can back up what he did last year again, it's going to be hard to supplant him as your quarterback. So Bridgewater plays. Is it with the Vikings? We're not sure yet. Well, the, 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 the Bradford-Bridgewater situation is going to be really fascinating for the next uh, you know, 10 months. Uh, something's going to have to happen. Uh, and they, mo- they, 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 they both might be gone next year. Uh, this might be a situation where the Vikings decide, you know what, let's start over. Uh, and, the, and the good thing is that college you know, class going, coming out next year supposedly is one of the strongest they've had in a number of years. So, uh, you know, Spielman and that, that crew up there, they're going to have a lot to balance. They're going to have a d- couple different options, uh, and they may end up with a blank slate, you know, come January and be looking for somebody completely new uh, a year from now. Great questions, everybody, at Sam Ekstrom or at Sage Rosenfels 18. We really appreciate it. That is the show. Sage, have a fantastic journey up to Minneapolis and enjoy a beautiful weekend. Sounds good. Have a great weekend and enjoy the puppy. Yeah, I'll do my best. We'll try to keep him in line. His name's Sage. My name's Sam. This is Locked On Vikings. Thanks for listening. Subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. If you could, a five-star would be great. And uh, a review, potentially, as well. Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.